because of what sin can do to us if we are not aware that, hey, yes, it's not going to send me to hell because I am saved by the blood of Jesus, I am saved by grace, but it doesn't mean it's okay, you know, because we also talked about opening doors to the enemy. And the Bible says, give the, foot, give the devil no foothold. Give him no chance, no opportunity to get in, right? And we said there's many, many ways in which we can open a door to the enemy, and sometimes without even knowing, but we want to, what? We want to be aware, not scared. All right? So I want to make sure very clear, you know, we need to become aware, but not scared. All right, why not scared? Because as we also said, we, we have the victory. So we do this from a place of victory. We do this from a place of, hey, we already won. You know, uh, it, I'm going through something or I, I'm becoming aware of something in my life. Some, the enemy's vision is what? To steal, kill, and destroy. And he didn't give up on you when you got saved. Instead, he doubled down because he's scared that you'll find out who you really are in Christ, and then make his life hell on earth before he even goes to hell. And so he doesn't want that. So, you know, he's going to try to still kill and destroy, and he does that through lies. And we talked about thoughts and how thoughts are strongholds, and many times we've built these strongholds over decades, and they are mindsets. They're mindsets that are really strong and that we subconsciously protect because we've allowed them to deceive us into thinking that they're part of us, but they're not. And a lot of those we've had for many years, but it wasn't even our thoughts in the first place. It wasn't even, they weren't ours. And so we're going to talk about something really fun. <laughs> Do you see the twinkle in my eye? I don't know. <laughs> right in front of me. <laughs> and, and, I'm, and I really, I'm not, again, we're not scared, we're aware. We're going to talk about demons. Oh, hopefully a person next to you didn't just start like... <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Everybody got a little nervous just now. <laughs> like, wait, what's going on? So we're going to talk about demons. We're going to talk about the difference between possession and oppression and all the Eshens, you know. All the fun stuff. Why? Because we want to be aware. Tell the person next to you, you need to be aware of this stuff. Why do we need to be aware? Because our adversary, the devil, goes about roaring, like, goes about like a roaring lion, right? A wannabe lion. He's the wannabe lion of Judah, but he has no, not even teeth, you know, because his teeth got kicked and uh, he swallowed them. And, and anyways... So that's why we want to be aware, because he goes about, like a roaring lion, seeking who he may, might, might devour. Why? Because he's scared of you. He's scared that you might be completely free, right? As we were saying, so powerful. Worship was so powerful, man. You know, we're saying, I'm no longer slave to sin. I'm a child of God. We are free. We're no longer slaves to the enemy. You know, he has no authority over our lives. And if Jesus set us free, then we need to get free. Wait, what's the difference? Well, he... He opened up the cell like he gave us all power and authority so we, we can do something about it. But it's our cooperation. It's our part to now walk out of those places and not go back. And so I'm going to say some things today that if you don't agree with me, you can come back next Sunday and the Sunday after that and everything. And we're, we're going to be okay. We're going to be fine. 
all right? We, we, there's a, it's a core value of our church that, that we don't have to agree 100% on everything, and we can still do family. We don't need, listen, we don't need to start another denomination. Please. We do not need to start another denomination, Okay? So if you, if you hear something today and you go, ooh, no, no, not, 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 I don't agree with that, it's okay. Go home, pray about it, read the Bible, and just put it on a shelf. If the Holy Spirit talks to you about it, then good, you know. And if you're definitely hearing a voice saying, no, 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 <laughs> well, it just could be the wrong kind of voice. <laughs> I'm not here. I'm not here. I, I'm not here. Okay, um, there's more people than you know that are under the influence of demons, including Christians. Hey, look, Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. And I don't think he was name-calling him. I think he was speaking to the voice that was speaking to Peter. Say, Peter, tell him this. Discourage him from doing that. Discourage him from going to the cross because if he does, we're doomed. I don't know. You know what I mean? I think Jesus was just rebuking the devil. You know, like the voice that, I'm not saying Peter was demon possessed, but I'm saying there are Christians under the influence. Oh my. But very few are aware because it isn't a prominent thing. You know, it isn't like the obvious thing. You know, we usually think, oh, if he has a demon, then it's like the exorcist, right? If he has a demon, it's like the, the gathering, right? If he had a demon, then he would be talking to himself and crazy. And that's not true. There's different levels of demonic uh, torment and demonic oppression. There's different levels. And actually, that, the one uh, where you know, we see in the gathering, uh, which we'll read in a little bit, that, that's the least common of them. It's really bad, and it's very obvious, but it's, it's the least common one. And so... Um, so we're going to talk about this. You know, I need to pray. Lord, I just thank you right now for the blood of Jesus that covers us. I thank you that it is the blood of the Lamb that set us free. And right now we just silence any voices that are not from you in the name of Jesus. And any, any spirit, any uh, devil, any, anything that is trying to take our attention or, or make us not listen, we just bind it, bind it and silence it in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your word to to bring truth and speak to us. And we thank you that we are set free by the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about these demons that, again, you know, it's not my favorite subject, but we need to become aware. Um, demons like to hide. They hide in darkness. They disguise. They camouflage. They mimic. They're good at mimicking. Now, demons don't know your thoughts, but they know the thoughts they put in there. See? See, only God knows our thoughts. We need to know that very clearly. Only God knows the thoughts and the intents and the deepest parts of the heart and the mind and all that stuff. Demons don't, but they do know what they've put in there. So if it's their own creation, their own material, they know it. Um, so the first kind we're going to talk about is oppression. Okay, uh, We hear it as torment as well. And torment, oppression, okay, this can manifest in fear, it can manifest in anxiety, in sickness, you can feel a heaviness, a dark cloud, you know, maybe even take your sleep away. And I want to be very clear about something. 
after this teaching today, it doesn't mean that everything that is wrong in your life is a demon. Okay? It does not mean that. If you remember that we teach that we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. We are, we're a triune being. Three parts, right? We're the spirit. We have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. And then that's where we decide. That's where our will is. And then we have a body, which is our vehicle. And we steward it. We protect it. Okay? It's, uh, it's, it's how we do life. And I've taught... Uh, before when we talked about healing, that sometimes healing, the root of sickness or the root of pain isn't necessarily in the physical. But because we are a triune being, our, the root of sickness or the root of pain could also be in the soulish realm or it also could be spiritual. And so we teach that, you know, if, if you're sick or, you know, you're experiencing pain in your body, we pray, we speak to your body, we commend your body to be healed. But a lot of times, if the body doesn't respond, maybe it's a sign that the root is in the soul. And that's when you've heard testimonies like, you know, we lead somebody into forgiveness and forgiving uh, a friend or a spouse or a parent, and then their body responds and gets healed. You know what I'm talking about? And then there's also some times where it's neither and it's spiritual, and the Bible talks about a spirit of infirmity. And none of these are difficult. We just, what do we do? We just take authority over that spirit of infirmity, you know, and we command it to go. And then bodies also respond with healing. Are you with me? So in the same way, when you find a problem in your life or something, it's not always a demon, but we need to be aware because if it's a recurring issue or something that feels really hard that you're fighting against and fighting against and it's not giving up and you're doing all these things in the natural and you're trying to renew your mind and it's just not giving up, then maybe it's a spiritual attack. Are you with me? And so we need to learn to look at, at everything in life from these three perspectives of the physical, the soul, and the spiritual so that we are not ignorant and that we don't continue on through difficulties through our whole life over the same stuff over and over without ever realizing, oh, it was a demon. Okay, so... So oppression can manifest, you know, in, in fear, anxiety, sickness, heaviness, insomnia, different kinds like that. In Acts chapter 8, verse 7, it says, For unclean spirits, crying out with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with uh, palsies, and that were lame, were healed. So there's examples in the Bible when Jesus would rebuke the devil, and then healing would happen in the body. Okay, Matthew chapter 12, verse 22 says, that was brought unto him, one possessed with the devil, blind and dumb. Blind and dumb. And he healed them, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. But you see, possessed with the devil, sound demon, we rebuke you in Jesus' name. He was possessed by the devil, and then Jesus healed him. See, what I want you to see is that it's the same work of the cross, of the blood of Jesus, that heals our bodies, that sets us free, and that rebukes the devil from any influence he could have over our lives. Okay? It's not a difficult thing. If you've ever witnessed somebody 
who had demons and they were manifesting and they were going all crazy and people were going crazier around them. Yeah? I don't know if you've had the experience of watching that, right? But it, it's, it's a crazy show. You go, oh my gosh, I hope that's never me, right? You know, you go, oh, you're all scared. You're like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. It's like that movie. No, no, no. Listen, it's, it's, not, it's not like that. It, and it doesn't even have to be like that. As a matter of fact, I would say that whenever a demon is manifesting and starting to get loud and violent, it's because he knows his day has come. Because most of the time, demons will stay quiet and hide. Okay. So that's, uh, you know, I would, we could call that um, oppression or torment, okay? And we'll talk about how this can happen. But oppression and torment, you know, can, can manifest in different ways. And, you know, you might not even know it's, it's, it's a spiritual attack. Uh, but then we have possession, which actually, it's not the word possession in the Bible. Uh, there's a wrong translation, and we're going to look at this right now. But possession isn't demon, a demon possessing, possessing you. It's a, um, so let me explain it this way. And, and we're going to go to the word right now in a, in a moment here, because this is where a lot of Christians um, get confused, okay? Um, it's different to own a pair of shoes than the pair of shoes owning you, unless you obviously overpaid for them, right? <laughs> then, <laughs> then you have, a, yeah, a different kind of problem. Yeah, but um, but it's, it's very different, right? And so you can have a pair of shoes, but the pair of shoes doesn't have you. You can have a pair of pants, but the pair of pants doesn't have you. A demon can't have you because you're possession of the kingdom of God. But you can have a demon. I know. I know. Right? It's different. It doesn't possess you, but you can have one. Told you at the beginning. Watch Corinthians. Thank you. All right. All right. So, Second Corinthians chapter um, six, verse fourteen through sixteen. Okay. And um, this is one of the main ones. So, if you want to turn with me, and if we can have it on the screen, please. Second Corinthians six, fourteen. Uh, and I'm going to read all the way through verse 16. It says, Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Did you read that with me? Okay. Again, don't team up with those that are unbelievers. So listen, this is not a law telling us about something that can't happen. That's not what this is. This is a warning. Say with me, warning. This is him giving them an admonition. This is him saying, hey, hey, what? how can you team up with those that are unbelievers? How, why teaming up? Why partner? Because... 
Because in order to be a partner with someone, it doesn't say you can't talk to unbelievers. It doesn't say don't witness to them. It doesn't say don't, you know, don't have a, a relationship with them. It says partners. Why? Because partners have to have what? Agreements. Remember we talked about last week about agreements? And when we make an agreement and when we line up with something, we're opening a door to it and allowing it to have influence in us. And it's a, so it says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be partnered with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? Listen, it's saying, how can this happen? And it says, what harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? There can't be any. So it was a warning. It's saying, don't do it because they were doing it. It was happening. They were having partnership. They were being unequally yoked. A lie. Ay, ay, ay. It's a warning. It's not saying, hey, you can never have a demon. No, it's saying, hey, you shouldn't do these things because then you open the door to the devil. How can a believer be partnered with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? In other words, he's telling you, hey, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Guard the temple. You guard the temple. Do you see how this is a warning? Oh, man. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20. 1 Corinthians 10, 20. This is another one. It says, no, not at all. I am saying that these sacrifices are offered to demons, not to God. And I don't want you to participate with demons. See this again? Why? It's a warning. It's an admonition. He's scolding them. He's telling them, hey, hey. Why? Because they were doing it. They were struggling with this stuff. I don't want you to participate with demons. Why would he say that unless they could? <laughs> Told you it was going to be fun. Pastor, are you saying that I could participate with demons I, I'm just reading the Bible don't shoot the messenger <clears throat> you cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and from the cup of demons too again it's not saying it can't happen it's saying you shouldn't do that <laughs> mm. you cannot eat at the Lord's table and at the table of demons too what do we dare to rouse the Lord's jealousy? Do you think we are stronger than he is? You say, I'm allowed to do anything, right? All things are permissible, but not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything. Grace, 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 grace. Here's my grace badge. Go to a grace church. Yeah, you can do anything. This isn't sending you to hell, but it's telling you don't do this stuff. This stuff will affect you. You will open doors to the enemy. He's looking for any chance to still kill and destroy. 
Don't partner with demons. Don't line up with those kinds of thoughts and those mindsets. It says, but not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. I can watch whatever movie I want. God's not going to send me to hell for that. You're right. He's not. You're allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. So in other words, you're a grown-up. Make better choices. God's not going to tie you up. Well, if God didn't want me to you know, do this, then, then I wouldn't be able to. No. Remember I told you last week that, uh, that one, of, one of the things that needs to happen is what happened with the prodigal son, which is you get a revelation. And then there must be a confession, calling evil, evil, good, good, right? And then there's repentance, which is turning around and going in the direction of the Father. So a lot of you are having a revelation right now. That's why it's so dead quiet in this place. <laughs> <laughs> but as I told you, there's nothing to worry. <laughs> Watch somebody goes, yeah, right now. <laughs> there's nothing to worry about. Why? Because we have victory. We have all authority, right? It's been given to us in Christ Jesus. Like, there's nothing to worry. Am I demon possessed, Pastor? I don't know. We'll find out. Don't worry. But I'll tell you this, you're property of God's kingdom. You cannot be a possess- You were bought by the blood of Jesus. That, that can't change. But you could have company. <laughs> With a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? Again, we need to be aware. There's people who've been doing all the right things for a very long time and they're struggling with the same old thing. Why? Because they are not aware of the spiritual. They're not aware that maybe that's been a habit or a stronghold has opened up the door to have some influence in their life. And you go, but I'm not like, uh, you know, all crazy like the gathering. That, that's right. That's not most cases. That's very few. That's the least amount. Okay. Tell the person to you, this is fun. I'm glad we came. His mic's not even working. Let's go to Luke chapter 8, verse 27. Jeez. Luke chapter 8, verse 27. And we're going to read this. Um, again, this is, this is level 3, okay? And level 3 is control. Okay, so we have oppression, and then we have, um, we have a company, right, an influence, uh, someone that has just been with us, and it's a devil's, the devil's voice, and it's just been speaking to us for a long time, and it's hiding inside a stronghold. Did you hear that? A mindset that goes against the obedience of Christ that we've built for a long time and becomes a stronghold, and you know who's hiding in there? You know who's got the microphone in that stronghold? That's right. You cannot be trusted. Mm-mm. Yep, you'll never be good enough. Remember that. That's right. I can't be trusted. Sorry. You know. And then the third level, control. 
full manifestation, you know, the ones that we see, the crazy ones the cra- in the movies, right? Uh, Luke 8, and we're going to start in verse 27. All right, so let's pay attention here. As Jesus was climbing out of the boat, a man who was possessed by demons came out to meet him. Now, real quick, the word right there, was possessed by, um, it actually, when you read the translation, it says, who had demons. So more accurately, it says, a man who had demons, okay, came out to meet him. Uh, and then the word um, demons there is like, you know, devils. It said, for a long time, he had been homeless and naked, living in the tombs outside the town. As soon as he saw Jesus, he shrieked and fell down in front of him. Then he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Please, I beg you, don't torture, torture me. For Jesus had already commanded the evil spirits to come out of him. This spirit had often taken control of the man. Even when he was placed under guard and put in chains and shackles, he simply broke them and rushed out into the wilderness completely under the demon's power. Jesus demanded, what is your name? Legion, he replied, for he was filled with many demons. The demons kept begging Jesus not to send him into the bottomless pit. Okay. Um, And if we skip down, obviously, you know, Jesus set him free. We know that the demons went into the pigs and then they went off the cliff. It says, um, uh, verse 36, it says, Then those who had seen what happened told others how the demon possessed, again, demon possessed right here says um, vexed or under the power of or under the influence. And remember, this is the extreme case. This is a guy that was completely under the control of the devil, of many demons. Like a legion is like, you know, many, 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 many demons. It says, how the demon-possessed man had been healed. And you want to know what the word healed, again, it gets interchanged, you know, healed for sickness, for physical ailment, or also in a deliverance like this, the man had been healed. You want to know what that word healed means? It's the word sozo. That's right. How many of you have been to Sozo? You know, the word Sozo is the word salvation, which means, you know, set free, healed, delivered. It's so many things. It's not just going to heaven, right? And so, so the man was Sozo. He was saved. He was healed. And did you know that, um, uh, well, I hope I don't, this doesn't spoil it for some of you, but our Sozo ministry, it's our... It's not just healing of the heart, but it's also a deliverance ministry. And if you've been to it, you might think like, oh, man, but that was just so peaceful. Like, you know, if I had a demon or if I'd been possessed or anything like that, then I would have surely had some crazy manifestations. And let me tell you, that's wrong. That's not how deliverance has to happen. You know, a lot of times we are we completely threw the baby out with the bathwater about deliverance because we saw some weird, weird, scary stuff. Am I wrong? And the problem is when when we make the deliverance of a person more important than the person. 
and then their dignity also goes with everything else. Right? Why? Because the devil's there to kill, steal, and destroy. And so when Christians or believers don't know, you know, how to do the deliverance, then they might, it might be a showdown, you know? And then the person might get set free, but the next day they might need healing from the trauma of that experience. I'm not joking, right? And so how do we do this honorably? Well, you know, through, through a ministry like, like Sozo, a lot of times people have had deliverance, and I guarantee you, they don't even know they did. So I just want you to know, it, it's not like that. I mean, the rare cases can be, but I would still rather be free. <sighs> okay, take a deep breath, smile. Okay, um, and so this is the least common of all, you know, uh, control. You know, it's, it's, it's not the normal stuff. Now let's talk about access points, okay? Demons are legalistic. In other words, they, um, yes, they lie, they cheat and all this stuff, but if you've ever experience or, or try to cast a, a demon out and it's not coming out. And sometimes Christians start questioning themselves and their authority and like, oh, maybe I didn't, you know, I didn't pray enough. I didn't fast enough. Like, it doesn't work that way. You know, we have authority, period. And the name of Jesus is the name of Jesus, you know. But what happens a lot of times is that there is a legal ground. In other words, demons will not leave if they have a legal right to stay. And this kind of, this is why we need the person's cooperation to get set free. Jesus paid the price. The blood of Jesus is more than enough. But you need to cooperate in your own deliverance. You need to want to. You know, I remember this example um, in uh, Kara's parents' church. Um, there was a lady who would, uh, <laughs> she would levitate at church. And, and you know, when, when the prayer team and, and the pastors, my in-laws saw this, you know, they're like, start praying. You know, you know it's, it's demonic, you know. And so they would pray for her and it would just take forever. And it was this battle and they'd all end up tired and everything. And then she would go home and. It happened for a few, for six months. Well, she kept coming back, so she must want Jesus. She must want to get saved. She must want to get set free. Well, guess what? She didn't. She liked the power, the attention, and the control. So the demons had a legal ground to stay. And in the meantime, it was driving everybody crazy. They learned how to fast through that season. They're not just kidding. <laughs> so we have to want to. We're not victims. <sighs> and so what are some open doors, okay? Um, because, again, we need to be aware, not scared, aware, okay? Um, 
Ephesians 4, 26, 27 says, And don't sin by letting, your anger control, by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Anger opens the door to the devil. We talked about that. That's one. Does that mean you're going to get demon-possessed and control like the Gadarene or be able to levitate off the ground? No. We said that those are the very rare cases, right? That's, that's not it. But you open the door to something that is not of God. So what are some open doors? Well, watching terror movies. Watching terror movies. Why? Because the Bible tells us that the eyes are the window to the soul. So you're inviting fear. You're having fun with fear. Mm. I feel like we need one of those days where I raise my hands and the sun stops moving. Because I have a lot to say. But, um, but by what we watch, pornography opens the door to the enemy. I've heard testimonies for, for many years. You know, I've heard testimonies of, you know, you go in, you start finding out, you know, the kids, the kids can't sleep at night. The kids have nightmares. The kid, like, you know, all this stuff is happening. And, and uh, you start talking to the parents. You start finding out what their life is like, what their, you know, all of a sudden comes out. Oh, yeah, we went to see the exorcist. Oh, you did, huh? Yeah, 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 okay. You like those movies? Oh, we love them. You know, Chucky 1, Chucky 2, you know, the clown and all this stuff. Ooh, it's just so fun, you know. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, let's talk about your kids not being able to sleep at night. What happens is, unknowingly and because of ignorance, we open doors to the devil to have influence in our lives. To steal, kill, and destroy. Are you with me? All of a sudden, you get addicted to porn. And if you pay attention, there might be a direct correlation with things in the home not going well. Why is my my wife just, she just woke up mad at me. Let me tell you, there's a big spiritual world. And we are unaware of fully how it works. But the Bible's telling us, be aware. Don't give foothold to the devil. And that's why I was saying last week, I'm going to talk about sin a little more than usual. Why? Because habitual sin is an open door to the devil. It's an open door to demons. Again, it doesn't mean you're going to become like the Gadarene, you know, and be running naked on the streets. Can't promise, but don't mess with it. But it does mean that you open yourself up to all of a sudden you have a, a fear or an anxiety that you don't you don't know where it came from. What happened? It can be spiritual. There could be an open door. Oh my gosh, do I have to find out all these open doors? Well, that's why we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, because He leads us into all truth. And then when you know the truth, the truth sets you free. It's not hard. But we need to be spiritually intelligent. Okay? Um, 
So pornography, terror movies, you know, things you lined up with that you make an agreement with, okay? And when you do this, you grant illegal access to demonic influence. The eyes are the window to the soul, right? Maybe somebody participated in the occult or acts of witchcraft. Maybe it was just a game. Maybe it was just a widgie board. Maybe it was something innocent. Well, what do you do? You repent. You have a revelation. You call it what it is, you know, because here's what happens, you know. You go, oh, I played the Ouija board, but, you know, it was nothing, nothing big, no, no big deal, okay? See, what you're doing is you're calling evil good. And the Bible tells us not to do that. Call it what it is. So you have a revelation. You go, that was wrong. That is of the devil. I'm not going to mess with that anymore. And you repent. You turn to your father, and that's it. You see what I mean? It's a simple process, but we need to have a revelation Call it what it is and turn towards the Father. Hope you're taking notes. Okay. Um, I also believe that when we line up with ideologies that are against biblical values, we open the door to the devil. You know, um, why? Because our thoughts are really powerful. Our thoughts are so powerful. And how does strongholds happen? It happens through thoughts, right? So a lot of the universities are under heavy demonic influence. That's why sometimes you walk into some campuses and you feel some darkness, especially if you have like a spirit of discernment or, you know, a gift of discernment or something like that. You, you feel some heaviness. You know, how many of you here are feelers? Some of you feelers, okay. See, feelers yeah, tend to be more sensitive towards the spiritual things. And so a lot of times the, the feelers will think it's them. And I'm not saying it's never you, but I'm saying you need to be aware that sometimes you'll walk into a room and you'll feel lethargic or you'll feel tired or you'll feel lust or you'll feel terror or you'll feel something that is not the usual or the normal thing for you and you need to know that's not you. That's the environment. And we have power over that because we're the light of the world. So you become aware and you release the presence of God in that place. And you have the power to change the atmosphere. Are you with me? Okay. But this is why sometimes these ideologies that are going around campuses and universities all over the world, right? They're like, there's no God. God doesn't exist. There's no God. There's a stronghold. There's a, there's, there's a spiritual principality in there, you know, that is, has risen up against the knowledge of God. And if you, I'm not saying don't go to college. I'm saying be aware of it so that when you're around it, you don't get conformed to it. All right? All right. Um, substance abuse, drug use. You know, you guys heard Joseph Z say this. Like, you know, when, when people do drugs, they open themselves up to the demonic. You know, so substance abuse, drug use, uh, or anything that causes you to lose control of your mind and lose control of your body. These things open doors to the demonic. So you... Come under the influence of that. Again, nothing to be scared of. We have authority, but we need to become aware. Okay? 
Habitual sin is one of the most common open doors. Oh, yeah, we're just sleeping together. You know, we're going to get married. It's okay. We're not cheating on each other, but you're not married. Any kind of sexual perversion is an open door to the demonic, to demonic entrapment. It is selfishness, and it's disguised as love. Love is love. No, it's not. Read 1 Corinthians 13. It tells you love is all of that, right? Selfless for ones. And the kind of love that the world preaches is a selfish love. Any kind of sexual perversion is a way for demonic entrapment. Hmm. Are you having fun yet? Yeah, awesome. Aware people, spiritually intelligent people in this church, amen. Um, here's another open door, okay? Another way to open a door is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is a huge way to open the door to the devil. If you go with me, uh, well, I'm gonna read Matthew chapter 18, verse 34, uh, where it's talking about, this is the master that forgave the one, millions and millions and millions, and then the one went, Threw somebody in prison over a dollar, right? And then the master was upset and he called them in and he said, hey, you were evil. If I forgive you all this, why didn't you forgive him that, right? And it says that he turned him over to the prison to be tortured. Now, I want to clarify something. God's not turning anybody over to any prison. Jesus came to set us free. But here's what it's saying. It is saying that when we hold back forgiveness, when we have unforgiveness towards people and we just won't let it go, we open ourselves up to demonic torment. He delivered him to the torturous until he should pay all that was due to him. We put ourselves up in prison to be tormented when we have unforgiveness towards someone. Oh, I know, you thought, well, no Ouija board for me, no porn, no terror movies, no, I'm good. Yeah, well, we have to, we have to watch our heart, you know. It could be your dad, it could be a friend, it could be an ex, it could be... You know, whatever it is, when you do that, you open yourself up. Listen, I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you how much demonic influence or how much torment or I'm not, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is to become aware of how the enemy operates. Because if there's things in our lives that are cycles and that are torment and that we can't seem to get free of and you do all the right things and all the right tools and all the right confessions, it's because you still have an open door or you have not taking away the legal access that you gave the enemy or that you made an agreement with at some point. And who's going to lead you to that? The Holy Spirit is going to tell you that. And that is going to lead you to freedom in that area of your life, right? It's not like you're all messed up. Let me tell you, a lot of Christians that are under demonic influence, they function perfectly fine. And it's maybe just one area of their life just could be just one. They're like a perfectly normal person. Do you want me to tell you something? Just to even the plane? There's pastors. 
Boy, are there pastors that are under demonic influence. I'm not coming against anybody. I'm not saying, I'm not even thinking of anybody, just so you know, okay? Just to get that out of the way. But it's not like, oh, you're a pastor, you're, you're clear. No, you can open up a door too. And they could be great, you know, and they could be amazing and everything, but there's just that one area. Hidden sin. Hidden sin in somebody's life. Nobody else knows. Everything else is normal. But that one. It's because there's an open door and there's a legal ground and you need to take action. You can. You're not a victim. You're victorious. Have I said that enough? Okay. Say it with me. Aware, not scared. Whew. Man. So fun. Okay, let's finish up so that our microphones can work again. So crazy, right? All right. Um, and so forgiveness, okay. And then there's another one, trauma. Trauma invites thoughts that turn into strongholds, right? Like I gave an example a little bit ago. Maybe somebody went to war, served our country, uh, saw things that were horrible, you know, or maybe you witnessed an accident or you had an accident or you assisted someone that was in a horrible accident, right? Why do I say that? Because traumatic moments and traumatic experiences have an opportunity deep into our soul to make an impact of some sort, right? So for example, uh, let's say you weren't even in the accident, but you saw a horrible car accident right in front of you, right? Just out of nowhere. And the enemy comes and says, see, you could never be safe. This could happen to you. And because you're in the midst of a traumatic experience that could take deep root in your heart and become an open door where the enemy starts building a stronghold and all of a sudden you develop this fear of being in cars or driving around. You don't trust yourself. You know, you start holding back more. Why? Because a traumatic event took opportunity, you know, to come in. Are you with me? And so if, if that's happened, you know, you did nothing wrong. But the enemy took advantage of that one thing. And what, what needs to happen is we need to have healing. We need to go back to that place and remind you that Jesus is with you. And remember what his word says about you and how Psalms 91 was there for you. You know, to remind you his protection is with you and, and is all over your family and everywhere you go. Other, right? And we need to take down that stronghold and build a directly opposing stronghold of the word of God that says, no, he sends his angels about me everywhere I go. Is this helping anybody? Okay, so there could be demonic torment of something you didn't even do or, you know, willingly do or has nothing to do with sin. And then there's another one, which is generational stuff, generational agreements. Sometimes things Get passed down from our parents and our families and pastor, but I, I'm not, am I not a new creation in Christ Jesus? Yes, you are, of course. You have access to all the promises, all the authority in Jesus' name, but it's not always automatic because it requires whose cooperation? My cooperation to notice, hey, if I am called to live the abundant life, but I'm not, and I'm doing all the right things, Holy Spirit, is there something that I did is there a door that I opened or is there something my parents or my grandparents did that I just need to take authority over right now? 
Are you getting the right idea? If not, you need to watch this again. Okay. Um, generational occurrences would be even more evident if it's a child. You know, if it's over a child and something's going on with this child and this child has never done anything wrong, you know, never even had an opportunity to open up a door, then parents have complete authority to pray over the kids and close those doors. We have freedom guaranteed, guys. We don't need to be scared, just aware. Why? Because the vision of the devil is to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's scared of what a believer full of the Holy Spirit like you could do. Amen. Can I have somebody come up and play, please? Jesus set us free. We have all authority. And if we have all authority, how much authority the devil has? Uh, how much authority the devil has? None. Zero, right? Freedom is our right because of the blood of Jesus. Jesus. 